Hello. Hello. Welcome, all you cats and kittens out there. Cats How are we and doing? Kittens. What about the dogs? What about them dogs? Sure, you can come on, them too. All right. Dogs. Man, did I tell you about my dog? What happened? Oh my god, I, this is, is way too long of a story to get into on this story on this particular episode, which I feel is going to be filled with a bunch of non sequiturs, non sequiturs, and that's, random that's stories. Twenty twenty two, baby. My, my my dog. I got alerted to this by a neighbor, quote unquote, who came over to my uh, house last Wednesday and said, "Like, could you? Is there any way you could shut up your dog? He's been barking for the last hour." I'm like, oh, I had no idea. Sure, let me go check. I went to the backyard. I told you this story, Nick. Yeah. I did. I did. Huh? Yep. And I went to the backyard and my dog had cornered a groundhog. Oh. I mean, this groundhog was like the size of like a pizza box. Oh. I mean, this <laughs> this <laughs> was huge. Yeah. <laughs> and I go down there. I'm like, whoa. Because we used to have groundhogs in my house back at home. And I know they can be nasty little sons of bitches. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as soon as I get down there, he turns around. The groundhog turns around and darts right at me. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and then I guess the groundhog finally caught wind that like, oh, this guy is not going to move. And, and I should probably go the other way. And he found his way out of the yard. But, man, he screwed my dog up pretty good. He got uh, a couple little scratches on his oh, face. Wow. He's doing all right, though. Is he? Did you have yeah. a look at that? Yeah. Not yet. No, no. I called the vet today. We got the appointment set up. Okay, cool. Yeah. She said if nothing has happened so far, then it's yeah, good probably sign. fine. Are you getting yeah. all? Are you going? Are you going to go all Bill Murray on it on the groundhog? <laughs> I mean, we really haven't had too much issue with groundhogs. Yeah. Like, again, back in my house growing up i mean we had that's that was my stepdad he went bill murray on those oh, ones. Really? <laughs> like he, he was pouring concrete into their holes and stuff mm. like all kinds of traps and stuff because they were nasty things and they would just destroy our backyard but yeah this is really the first run-in we've had in our backyards wow we'll see how it goes well right. good luck with sounds that sounds like sound like the yard's pretty protected for the most part <laughs> i mean it's surprising that it got in to be honest with you, yeah. But uh, yeah. and I, I would hope that it's not coming back anytime soon. But doesn't you, sound like you it. never, you Does, never know. Yeah. How are you, boys? Good. Doing good. all right. Yeah. 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 Doing pretty good. Greg, how are you? Doing all right, man. I'm. Uh, I'm on the East Coast. Um, yes, you are. Yep. Yep. Just played a few dates in Texas with the Red Knots. We did uh, Corpus Christi. First time I ever played nice. there. Okay. Nice. Okay. Nice. It's like home of TCU, the Horned Frogs. Right. I believe. And, uh, <laughs> Random <laughs> bit of knowledge that I have then. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool story, Look at bro. Sure. No, no, no. I mean, of course, <laughs> I believe you. Um, but no, it's, it's a cool place. And we, we even had a hotel that was uh, on the water, the Gulf, you know. Oh, it's, cool. like a, it's like a Texas beach. You know, it's, it's, a, mm-hmm. it's kind of unique in that way. And then we went to Austin and played at Antones, which is like a... Nice. It's a classic blues club. It's not the original one. Like, it's moved around three or four times. But the current one okay. is very cool, right in the heart, heart of Austin. And uh, it's partly owned by Gary Clark Jr. Oh, um, really? Nice. And, uh, yeah, it's a really fun place to play. We've I think it was the third time we did it. We did it once during uh, lockdown. Or not during lockdown, but during, like, kind of the first comeback where we did right. like two sets in one night, like an early and a late, where they swapped out the tables, and it was mm-hmm. cool to get, go back there and have it be full again, you know, or open again, you know. Yeah, that was great. And then finished up in Dallas. Funny little story is uh, we played in Dallas at this place. It's called uh, Amplified, 
live. They used to be called Gas Monkey. Long story. Okay. Point right. is, they have a really <clears throat> solid crew, and we've played there before, and we knew the sound was going to be really good. And I never really picked up on this. I don't know if it was the same guy this whole time, but this particular night, I was like, whoever is on the lights is doing a really good job because when we go when we go into these sections i could feel like a sudden shift in the lights <laughs> you know like when we go into something really intense like it, the strobes are happening yeah mm-hmm. um, it's dramatic whenever you have a, a guy who knows what they're doing behind the lights right yeah yeah and there were fog machines that they were clearing out during sound check and i was like really we need the fog machines i was like but that can be effective if the lights are good because it yeah, makes sure. it helps the lights become more it's not about being like ooh fog yeah, yeah, it gives dimension to the light, to the light. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Stonehenge. So, <laughs> so Stone. I, I, it's hardly ever a priority because it's really up to the venue. We're, we're not at a point right. where we can hire a light guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I notice it when it's good. And when someone's reacting, like if I'm improvising a solo and the lights are like building as it's happening, I'm like, yo, this person's like listening. And He's like jamming with me. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I, when I saw Fish live, I was like, yo, this, this lighting guy is amazing because they're improvising up there and he's reacting. Yeah, yeah. Um, that guy is so good that he got stolen from Fish by Justin Bieber, by the way. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Uh, it's a true story. Anyway. Holy crap. So they got. So I had I had to uh, bring it up after the show. I was like, "Man, whoever's doing the lights did a great job." And someone was like, "Yo, you should meet him. He used to run lights for Pantera." I was oh like, no! I was like, Wait, what? I was like, I was like, oh, this guy must have done like one gig for Pantera. That's awesome, you know. So I went yeah. and tracked him down. He's the nicest guy ever. He's like, "Oh man, you guys were amazing tonight." I was like, "Thank you, dude. You you were running the lights. That you did a great job, man. I heard you used to. to uh, when did you work with Pantera?" He's like. Oh yeah, man! I worked with them from Cowboys from Hell until 2001, the end, oh. which is the end. I'm like, that's their entire career, dude. <laughs> oh my god! He's so like, he's yeah. just a dude who lives in Austin who like did you, this. Yeah. Dallas, Dallas, which is where yeah. they're from. Oh, Dallas. Oh, okay, okay. And I'm yeah. like, of course, that's where Pantera's from. And he's like, yeah, man. I was working the lights at this small club one night, and Dimebag came up to me with a pitcher of kamikazes, and <laughs> <laughs> was like drink this man you're killing it and i was like i can't drink this i'll die you know <laughs> and and he was he was like how come die how, how come how come you never working for us when we play at this bar he's like well you guys bring your own light guy and he mm. said well fuck him man he's fired <laughs> i'm hiring you <laughs> yeah. loves it. Berkeley yeah. used to run sound for uh what was yeah. it Morbid Machina? Angel? No, 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 no. Morbid <laughs> Angel. That was yeah, it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it. That's it. Yep. yep. Yeah. Just yeah, from 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 uh, eighty eight to ninety two. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's a good stretch. Anyway, uh, the decapitator tour. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no. So um, it was just a it was a real pleasure to meet someone who you know I was like, dude, you used to. I mean, God, you must have seen some stuff. You know. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Anyway. And his name is Sonny. Shout out to Sonny. Nice, man. You know, just, That's just awesome. The, the, the people you meet, I never would have thought. None That's of great. us would ever. He was, I just thought he was some dude. Yeah, but it happened to be, you know, around one of my biggest influences, you know. Heck yeah. Uh, anyway, so that, there you have it. That was it. And then I pulled an all-nighter getting out here to Philly. <laughs> uh, uh. Not last night, but the night before. And uh, so it was a little. Don't make it rock, up for it. Yeah. It rocked me a little bit, but I'm good to go. I'm good All, right. All right. Boys. Yeah. Cool. 
Nick, what's well, shall the, we get get the well, show on the road? Oh, 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 we didn't get any details on, on, on Nick. Are you good? I'm good. Okay. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Let's get on with the show. We got we got All a right. show to do. Let's do it. All right. I appreciate it. I'll check. Let's I'll go. check in next week. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna hold you to that, Nick. All right. Yes, that's right. This is You Should Check It Out. This is episode 135, gentlemen. Happy to be here with you on a Thursday. Mm -hmm. We got some awesome content for you coming up. My name is Jay. I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. (laughs) And boy, uh, let's see. Where should I start? I think you're starting. Yeah, I am. I am. We're in it. We're in the beginning. We're in it. Oh, I I have a gig story. I have a gig story. There you oh. go. Yeah. Let's hear. Let's hear. Hey, how was your gig on Friday? Thank you, Nick. Uh, it was great. It was great, man. I played a, a show with the Janine Wilson band at uh, yeah. Hank Deedle's Tavern down in Rockville, Maryland, or North oh, Bethesda, yeah. depending yes. on who you ask. Right. That's, depending on the real estate agent that, that you're talking to. Yeah. Right. That's my old stomping grounds, by the way, man. I grew this is, up a mile yeah. from there. Yeah. This is what Pretty I hear. Much. This this little place is amazing. Now, apparently the story is it burned down a few years ago and they they completely rebuilt it. So, but it's just it was I've never been there before. It's a complete it just screwed with my head because it's right in the middle of Rockville Pike. It's this very bougie area. And then all of a sudden right along the side of the road is this tavern that looks like mm-hmm. it was built in the 1950s because it was. <laughs> and okay. you go inside and it's just like it looks like a dive bar from Baltimore. It looks like the bars that I used to frequent. Like when I oh, lived wow. In right, yeah. Okay. It was incredible. So I felt right at home. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, the sound system was great. The, and it, of course, it had been completely rebuilt since the fire. So it was very nice. They had a n- really nice crowd. We played from nine to midnight, which wow. I have wow. not done Good. in many nice. a long year. I have not yeah. played for three hours straight for a long time. So my hand was cramping up by the last set. But uh, no, oh, it was man. great. It was a really good show. We got some video of it. Went pretty well. Cool. It was a good time. Cool. How did Janine hold up? I know, I know sometimes she, she worries about the long sets, but she always gets through. We, we, we crushed it, man. I, I'll tell you what. Awesome. That, uh, the first set was, was probably the best set that we've ever played as a band before. Really? And we just crushed it. I mean, it was great Like from the, from the moment we said go. Um, we all got a little winded as we got into the night, but uh, yeah. the crowd was great. Um, there were people dancing, got some good That's tips. A... It was great. Oh, great okay. night. Yeah. Awesome. Can't, can't ask for more. No. Nope. Absolutely right. So, that was a lot of fun. Music. Let's, let's, let's listen to some music. What are we listening um, to? I would like to play a track by Fantastic Negrito. You guys okay. familiar with him at all? I, f- I feel like I've heard it in passing. That's yeah. all I can say. Only he's a... about 5 o'clock when I clicked on your link. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's a great blues singer, instrumentalist. Uh, he's an incredible backstory. I, I think that maybe he might be worth a segment. Okay. Just a really interesting character. But he has a brand cool. new sing- single out, uh, him and his band, and this one's called The Highest Bitter.
cool stuff right that's very definitely cool man yeah it's yeah. unique it's like it's it's got a little bit of that afro beat in there in the guitar like the yeah. ostinato right. very fella mm-hmm. definitely 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 yeah now that so guy's cool. incredibly interesting dude and nick just hit me with the fact that he's 54 while we were listening to that song I, I like i said i'm learning new stuff about this guy seemingly as the minutes go by do some research come back and report i will I will. Excellent. So have you guys ever like uh, come up with a topic that like first thing in the morning, you're like, oh, man, this is great. This is this is going to be a ba- like everyone's going to talk about this. And then once you get closer to like the actual show, you're like, oh, this is this is really not this is really not the, the greatest topic. I'd say every episode we've done <laughs> this fear right before we start. I'm like, why, why did one. I do this one? Was like stupid. stupid. Well, this, stupid. this is my example. Stupid, 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 <laughs> stupid. Oh, they're going to laugh at me. No, oh, no, God. No, 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 Chris. No, Chris. It's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> stupid. So, you remember that time yeah. you oh, did a James Bond go. theme song? Um, uh-huh. no. no, I saw this, this, awesome. Awesome, this awesome article uh, about James Bond theme songs. Okay. Are, are, are you guys James Bond fans at all? I am. I am. I, I, yeah. I like the old stuff. Nick? Yeah, no, I was going to say, I, I went through this phase where I went ahead and watched them all. Like, I was just there like, I'm go. just going to, I'm going to go through this and watch all these so I can say that. So, yes. We'll My say man. Yeah. My man. Well, that's that's basically where I am, too. I, I used to be a huge James Bond fan, and I, I, I guess I still am. I, I go see them. It's one of the few movies that I still go to see in theaters whenever they come okay. out. So. Yeah. Well, um, anyway, uh, I think it was the first Timothy Dalton Bond flick called um, License to Kill. It mm. was his last one, right? Last oh, one. was last one. Okay, they were trying yeah. to. In- okay, it's a it's a good Bond film. The theme song was played in the movie by Gladys Knight. Yeah, and I it, that's it, it. It was fine. It was fine. But apparently, and I didn't know this, but apparently there was a. I guess if you're really into James Bond history, there was a long lost theme song that was recorded by um, the original guitar player who played. The original, like James Bond theme. Mm-hmm. Okay. The guy's name is Vic Flick. He did a collaboration with him and Michael Kamen, the um, the late orchestrator and um, Com- film composer. Com- yeah. Film composer is the word I'm looking for. Thank you, Nick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Eric Clapton. Oh, and apparently, if if you're a if you're a Bond fan, uh, a mega fan, you knew about this, and it's just been long lost. And like, at some point, the producers decided to make a 90 degree turn and go with Gladys Knight instead of this Eric Clapton instrumental okay. version. Mm-hmm. And it's been lost to the annals of history um, until now. Mm. You can see like the story's already running out of wind here, guys. No, I'm no, trying no. As hard as Actually, I can. no, no, th- we can, we can dig in. No, this is, I thought it was cool because apparently also Dalton was the first movie hadn't done as well as they had hoped. And, and so they really wanted to have, they wanted to lean into the edginess of his, of his bond. Ah, gotcha. Uh, for the second movie, and that was why there was a lot of surprise when they flipped and decided to go over to Gladys Knight because because that was that was the idea or the inspiration for the song that, that ended up being recorded and not used. Right ho. 
So which was which was, which was pretty interesting. Yeah, and I'm so, I'm sorry because I got distracted for a split second there. I had to I had to Wikipedia Michael Kamen because I knew that he had worked on some stuff mm-hmm. that I knew, but there there's others, and we can k- dig into that a little later. Oh, throughout the '90s, I mean, he was like on everything, yeah, like he, all the he, all the big films. But not just films, but he like he arranged the orchestra for the the wall. Oh really? Oh, oh wow. yeah. So okay. like, so like, the, when you listen to like comfortably numb and you hear the strings, like na 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 na, like all all, yeah, all these yeah. like mm-hmm. classic. There's like, and he did he worked with Metallica on their stuff when they did the symphony, which is obviously not quite as massive. I've heard his name's cop popped up all the you know all over the place. Gotcha. Seemed like a really talented cat. Yeah. So apparently this this whole story came apart or came out of the woodwork from this guy, Vic Flick's interview with Guitar Player Magazine. And this was a couple of years ago. And he's talking about, you know, being a session player in Britain and playing on a couple Beatles tracks and, you know, playing the iconic theme song to, to James Bond. And then they talk about, what about your long lost elusive recording with Eric Clapton? And this guy says, Vic Flick says, yeah, a guy called me from studios in South London to go do a couple of hours to work on the title. When I arrived, there were a couple guys with suits. I said, what the heck is this about? There was also Eric Clapton and conductor composer, Michael Kamen. We video recorded the the theme twice in an apartment on the river Thames. It had quite an impact, blah, 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 blah. And then eventually he got a call back and said, sorry, Vic, all of that's off the table. You're not going to believe this, but Gladys Knight and the Pips are are doing the theme song instead. And that was basically the last anyone heard of it until it popped up on SoundCloud. Somebody just published yeah, a just uploaded it. Uploaded, you know, with like no information whatsoever, like a digital recording of the original, like demo reel of mm-hmm. Eric Clapton and Michael Kamen and Vic Flick recording the original theme song to License Skill. Would you guys like to hear it? Are you interested yeah. at all? Okay. Hell yeah. All right. Let's give it a listen. And now, remember, this is... I, I went into this listening, like... Because there was some question on whether or not this was fake or not. That's your first question, right? Right. So is my real? Ra- right. So my right. radar goes up, because I, I know Eric Clapton Stone pretty well. But if you remember, like, in 87 to 89, which is when this re- was recorded, like, he was playing through Soldano amps. He was going through a really... In- he was getting sober and going through a really interesting period in his, uh-huh. his life. So his tone was yeah. very... More like metal, like In shredder. Flux. Okay. Yeah, and he was still trying to figure out. Let's go. So, yeah. <laughs> Let me get you guys' opinion on this. All right. Not everybody. Eighty nine, baby. Hmm. Said just Hetriani. That's what I was thinking, man. Yo. 
bass players out of his mind. I know, that bass player is nuts. <laughs> I gotta imagine Nathan East. I can only imagine Nathan East. Nathan East, yes. Okay, so I, I will just say that I I was thoroughly convinced it was not Eric Clapton until that very last section there when he started playing some more improvised lines, mm-hmm. and then I can tell that's definitely Eric Clapton. Okay. But I want to get you guys' thoughts. Well, do we have the Gladys Knight song available? Oh yeah, absolutely. But is it the same? Is it the same song? No, not at all. Okay, well no. then maybe let's hang on. But just while it's fresh, I okay. think I'm, I, okay. I would like I'd like to say at least my piece on this one. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's kind of it's kind of like a Carlos Santana vibe. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, um, I don't think I don't really like it, but it's also yeah. like, I, but at the time I might have been like, whoa, this is groundbreaking. <laughs> yeah, eighty <Right>. nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So I mean, not that you know my tastes were developed by then, but as as if if I if you were to transport me, then having not heard anything past nineteen eighty nine, you know, it's kind of like. Yeah, I guess this is around the like Lay Down Sally era. Am I wrong about that? Oh no, Lay Down Sally was like seventy nine. Oh, Th- this man. is when was he was doing enough. like. It's like before Unplugged. Yeah, this is like when he was doing. Like... Um, it's in the way that you use it. You know that song? It's in uh, the way that you use it. it. Down, Mix one hundred and seven point three, kind of like yes. Ro- Ro- Robert, yes. Yes. Robert Palmer. Uh, definitely, uh-huh. definitely. Yep. He was that doing work stuff. with Phil adult Collins around the same. Contemporary, I think is yeah. what it was called adult, at the time. Thank you, Nick. Yeah. This is the adult <laughs> contemporary James Bond. This is what yeah. you would want. This is what I would expect to hear on like a low budget like porn 007. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry well for the kids. Though. Sorry for the no, kids. No. kiddos. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, you can see, you see what I'm saying, right? Oh yeah. I, I don't know. I I, I when I because I listened to this earlier, I closed my eyes and I imagined mm-hmm. like the like opening credits, mm-hmm. and I could totally see it. Yeah. I could totally see this music no, in that context totally right. working. And then yes. it's got the sex appeal of the later solo that they could use elsewhere within the movie. Like yeah. I, it had elements that could be reused. And sure. I actually, no, I thought I, I was like, I was like, that's a pretty good demo for. For the for yeah, the bond no, film, but I, I actually I haven't heard the Gladys Gladys Knight one. That's why I was asking about that. Yeah, well, we will. I will definitely play that. I the thing about it was like, and you guys know I, I'm a huge Eric Clapton fan, but like I'm listening, to it, I'm like, this doesn't work. Like it doesn't. There's just not enough there. Like there needs to be something else going on. And apparently the story with this session is that Michael Kamen apparently tried to get like all of the best British guitar players. Yeah, like, he invited. Jeff like Gilmore and David Gilmore to like yeah. come and all be on this session and like all and it would be like this like event you know yeah. right the, all the that greatest would have rad. that would have like been awesome right super group super but group nobody showed the, up the only one that yeah. showed up is Eric Clapton <laughs> is Eric Clapton yeah <laughs> that's so that's probably why Eric was like eh, I don't know <laughs> so. <laughs> he was just looking for a restroom <laughs> <laughs> so anyway I'll finish up with uh, uh, Gladys Knight's version of License to Kill which you know all things considered is probably the wiser choice. Okay, let's hear it. Oh, 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 oh. 
License to kill and young ones straight for your heart. <laughs> Can't keep me away from my murder victim. Yeah, that's right, baby. <laughs> it has me right up until the chorus, and I'm like, why? Yeah. <sighs> what'd you do there? That's okay. Well, that's okay. So yeah, anyway, I don't know, guys. That was my story. You can move on. Let's, let's talk I'd about something else. No, this is interesting. <laughs> this is interesting, man. I'm, 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 you know, I'm dabbling in film scoring now. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. You know, I've been working with yeah. um, with Harry, uh, Harry Waters. You know, yeah. who came on the show, and we just did a short with Kaz. Well, we'll talk about that later. But the point is that film scoring is definitely something that's gets me pushes some buttons for me. Sure. You know, because oh, yeah? it, it, it's, it's do you well, find it's, it creatively stimulating. I do, I do, um, in a different way than like songwriting is. Yeah. You know, because you're kind of trying to, you're literally trying to match, to find and create music that matches right. a story. Visual. Yeah. Yeah. And not, and not even just the visual, you know, but, and no, I think this no, could the this, mood. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Right. And so it, it's kind of interesting because, you know, we were just talking about the light guy. He's trying to find visuals that match the live intensity of the performance or whatever. And then, yeah. like, here's this is the opposite <laughs> in a way. Mm-hmm. It's like you've got this visual yeah. on a screen. You've got to find music that matches it and, like, doesn't, uh, you know, that we can maybe act, add mood if, if it's during a dialogue. This is different because it's like an intro. Open, but, opening credits, but, yeah. But I, but I imagine, as Nick, you pointed out, that certain parts of it would possibly come back throughout the movie it's kind of oh yeah yeah you know so it's it's important it's not just like a a singular event in the movie it's and as far as bond movies in particular go like the theme songs are so iconic you know and i think they actually i think they almost do those in reverse sometimes which is they'll 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 do the film score they'll they'll actually do the film the opening credits to the song that they've they've commissioned Um, right that makes sense but but those opening credits usually aren't actually a part of the story right 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 yeah 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 yep yeah but in any case no it's 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 interesting stuff and i do like to get this kind of like under the hood business stuff and yeah right um i always like to you know uh, howard stern for instance he loves to ask actors that come on about roles that they turn down Mm. I, you know, I love hearing the like missed opportunities behind the scenes <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. I never would have found it's, out about it's interesting that's all and it's okay. like oh it, it could have gone this way but it didn't you know maybe if Gilmore and Jeff Beck had shown up that day they would have been like well we can't say no to all three of these guys like, right they all got right. together this is very special I guess they felt they could do that with just Clapton and Michael Kamen but yeah no it's it's uh I, I think either one could have worked you know they're both <laughs> adult contemporary that's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally, and so. and heavily seeped in the eighties, and, and and apparently, I mean, according to that article Jay that you shared, this wasn't even like the final version. So, I don't oh even no, know it's, it's definitely not. I mean, if you listen yeah. to it, it's really pretty rough. Like you can yeah. hear some oh, parts yeah. that they definitely would have cleaned yes. up, and they would have oh, added yeah. some other no, stuff. No, it, was, it was absolutely. You can tell there was this one point where he stopped, where they would have probably shaved off the ending and then sculpted it but a anyway. little bit more. Yeah, no, it's interesting stuff. Man. That actually turned out to be a better segment than I thought. So there you go, Dude, buddy. There you go. <laughs> yeah, no, good you, pick. Winner. You're, winner. You're usually it's, it's it's like your first guess is usually correct. Your All first, right. you know what I mean. Yeah. I'll go with this. Morning, time. Jay was right. Morning, God, Jay. That's was right. that's rare. That's rare. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. but enough about me, Nick. 
You're up next, yeah, buddy. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to play some music, too, actually, first. Why don't we listen to, uh, let me see. So this, actually, this came upon uh, from a recommendation from you, Jay. Oh? A couple weeks ago, you said, Nick, you'll probably like this. And you sent it, like, late in, like, a group chat. Yes. And next day, I was like, all right, let's do this thing. I couldn't get Alexa to recognize the names of any of the people. So I, I made a playlist on Apple Music so that I could play the playlist because that's freaking how much Alexa sucks. Um, <laughs> just kidding, Alexa. Yeah. This is what this is that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I heard that. Feedback <laughs> submitted. Um, yeah. No, 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 no. This is, uh, this is, this is from an artist, uh, Wayne Krantz. Uh, yeah. This is Rushdie. Let's, let's go ahead and give this a listen. Just gets it gets just gets wackier from there. It's that is a that's a fun album. It's so dope, man. I love Wayne Grants. Yeah, yeah. yeah Greg, I, you, you you had heard of him before. He just popped up on one of my random feeds, and I really dug that album. But you know, you know Wayne Grants pretty well. Yeah, big time. I've been listening to him for a long time. He has an album called Two Drink Minimum. Mm. Yeah, and, and uh, it's like him live at Fifty Five Bar mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> in New York City. And yeah, he's been. I can't even call him an influence, but he's massively like inspirational. You know, there's a few mm -hmm. tunes on there that like rock my world, yeah. and uh, some of these guys play with Steely Dan, including Wayne Krantz. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Keith, Car Keith yeah. Carlock, I believe, is the yeah, drummer. Yeah, Carlock. Yeah, he's the drummer for. Yep. And much like you know, Nick, I don't know if you even knew about this like theme, but last week you brought in a tune by Mark Giuliani, who played on Black Star, mm -hmm. and Tim Lefebvre. The bassist on this, he was the bassist on Blackstar. That's that's the tie-in, yeah. Nick. That's what there I was trying is. to get at last week when I was explaining this band to you. It was? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was I interrupting I, or something? No, no, I just couldn't remember any of it. I couldn't oh, okay. remember right. any of the references at all. I'm like, <laughs> okay. yeah, Tim Lefebvre, he was in Primus. Wait, yeah. no, no, Primus yeah. has a bassist. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, in Primus. <laughs> that's right, yeah. No, but I was like, I know it's a band that's really important, and I know I know that's his right. name I for somehow. saying that now, yeah. That's it, he would play it on Blackstar. Thank you, Greg. Oh, thank there you. There you go. Yeah, yeah, thank yeah. You. No, I mean, like, every, like, that whole band, Donnie McCaslin, Ben Monder, 
That might be it. That might be the four dudes. I'm probably forgetting someone, but in any less, case. Less Claypool. Less Claypool from Primus. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm a black star. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, so, but the, that Sorry. band generated a, these musicians that went on to do so much other stuff. Well, I'm just saying, uh, Lefebvre. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it's Lefebvre or Lefebvre, but um, he has been playing with Wayne Krantz for since before Black Star. Um, okay. And so, I don't know when this recording that you just played us is from. It could be. Is it current? I think it's. I think it's 2009. 2009. Okay. I think that, that's yeah, obviously so, before Black Star. But. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's a monster. He actually was. He was also in the Black Crows, but pre-COVID. Jay, huh? Huh? Really? Yes. Tim wow. Lefebvre uh, was playing bass in the Black Crows as they, when they were announcing that reunion tour. Gotcha. Okay. It's, huh. And and then COVID happened, and now it's a different cat. Well, yeah, but they went back to the original guy. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. There you go. But so at least for the, for those first gigs when they first came out and played like the Troub- the Troubadour and that yeah. small club in New York, that was Tim yeah. Lefebvre on bass. Okay. Cool. So he's like wow. he's kind of like a top shelf. All right. Base, so these cats base. have done some stuff. Oh, big time. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you, Jay, for sharing that because I've, I've enjoyed that thoroughly. Um, My pleasure. Next time I'll do a little bit more research and I can tell you more of the backstory. <laughs> no, man. No, it's good. That's what we got to do with you. <laughs> yeah. This is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, Wayne, Kran- Wayne Krantz, though. Absolute oh. monster. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Sick. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. My topic for today. Don't know if you guys heard this, but uh, Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. Uh, who we actually we did a segment on a few months ago. Mm. Bandcamp has been acquired yeah. by right. Epic Games. Yes. Yes, did hear about this. Okay. And I sent an article that kind of is all in the, yeah, that kind of just acknowledges how freaked out everyone is mm-hmm. um, and kind of gets into a little bit of the concerns behind it, which is that Epic Games, uh, while kind of known as like the bad boy in the gaming world that will not afraid to stand up to the man, they're the ones that have... Yeah. That uh, kind of went to war with Apple um, yep. over their and won um, at, over their uh, their in-app purchasing policies, right? Um, uh, and they they kind of they won because they kind of played a long play towards this kind of this concept of this metaverse where they kind of they their that whole existing ecosystem like they couldn't just keep giving Apple a twenty percent cut of everything that happened inside of there because because it's, it's bigger than than yeah they, they saw it as kind of critical to their to their financials anyway. They have acquired Bandcamp, and and the reason why there's a bit of a hubbub, I think, is that a, m- a major investor in in Epic Games is Tencent, the Chinese conglomerate mm-hmm. that owns a lot of other music subsidiaries and doesn't have the greatest track record as far as allowing um, companies that they acquire to maintain their in- independent, uh, I don't know, uh, stretch. That being said, I. I don't. I, I didn't get a ton of, out of that from you. I wanted to get you guys' thoughts first, but then I also kind of wanted to talk about: Could this be a, like an awesome thing? Um, an awesome I just, thing. I just heard a, compu- a, a computer noise. That was Windows telling me that I have updates available. Fair enough. Cool. <laughs> um, also important. But, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so f- first thoughts: Epic Games buying Bandcamp. Unexpected thoughts, questions. Thoughts, questions. Uh, I, I would, I, I would say it's unexpected. Um, I don't know Epic too much, but I have used, used it's it. It's Fortnite. Once. Fortnite's their big one, right? Yeah. Yes, and actually, that was ja- Jackson's very curious about that game. Sure. Um, it's it's massively popular. You know, Jackson is my s- six-year-old son. Yes. And uh, too young. you know, yeah. so I, I, you know, I know a little bit about it. I know it's a little bit more involved as far as like. 
I don't know, like the characters have guns and stuff, but there's no blood or gore, and it's more about like building. It's like it's kind of got some Minecraft elements in it, which and I don't get too too nerdy about it. No, no, no. I'll side note, parent note here, because we've got like within the group locally, uh, there's like a, a kind of a family that's a little bit on the edge of letting their kids do stuff. They took it back. They said it was. Oh, it was, they did. Ended up being way too violent, and he's. I think he's ten, nine or ten. Oh so. yeah, yeah. Just, no. just a just a note there for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Jackson. Right <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, it's good to know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's, but that that game is free. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like kind of a mind blowing thing. I mean, like on the Nintendo Switch, it's free. Mm-hmm. It's free. Um, There's a lot of in app in app purchases. Yes. Kind but, of but, thing. but but you can just get it and you can yeah. start yes yes mm-hmm. for free yep Th- that and the radiohead game that's right that was on epic it was and mm-hmm. so and so that's the one thing that I'm, that's like the one kind of bridge that, where it's like oh maybe they, they are interested in music that could have mm-hmm. been maybe a potential hint hmm. to this mm-hmm. recent yeah. acquisition you know um but anyway it's yeah because you know reading this article it's, it is interesting that you know you have Epic, which seems to be kind of like a um, like a hoarder of this like metaverse and like kind of trying to become like almost a monopoly, and then you have Bandcamp, who's like this innocent like independent yeah. ethos, yeah. you know, like yeah. alternate yeah. alternative to Spotify and um, mm-hmm. yeah, and so like artist focused and like if you buy yeah. music on Fridays, all of the proceeds go to the artists and like right. cool stuff like that. Yeah, like that's their that's their niche is the independent artist. They're um, the nice guys of the music industry. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, or the artist uh, friendly, most artist friendly. And, and then like Epic is maybe like sort of the badasses of the video game industry, or I don't know. I, yeah. I, I think fiercely independent is like a, is something they've maintained as like a value right. and kind of held up. Um, the 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 founder uh, is still the majority stakeholder, um, and and definitely the loudest voice in the boardroom, if you will. So this whole metaverse thing, right? Where they're so basically they're trying to create, and, and it's actually not freemium, and I guess it's not technically it wouldn't really be like Spotify because it's not ad supported. It's that they want you to come into their this world that they've created, and then use real money to, you know, buy one ups on things or get like better gun upgrades or or whatever whatever all that stuff is. I, I wish I could speak intelligently on it, but I cannot. Well, you can spend like fifty dollars on like a premium dance after you kill somebody. Like, that's, there you go. <laughs> that's really what oh, it boils right. down to. There you, you know, go. or new skins yeah. and stuff like that. And there's new skin packs that are unlocked every month. Right, right, right. right. Well, yeah, the but clothing they, but, that your character yeah. wears. Right. Yeah. Right. So the yeah, and I think they push that hard. Like yeah. that's that's what they're trying to create. They're trying to create this kind of world where you exist within it, um, which kind of is what the metaverse idea is. That all these companies are trying to create their own ecosystems that kind of keep you there um, mm-hmm. and, and incorporate virtual reality or other thing. And, and to that extent, if there was any crossover between whether it be the Fortnite metaverse or like some other thing that they're creating, to have like, if, if there's any connection between the artists in Bandcamp and what people in the metaverse can listen to in this epic created metaverse, I could see that being pretty cool as a way to promote your music this was kind of like a concept of Second Life back in the day, which is all these companies need to get on here and talk about their brand and, and, and artists can get on there and do concerts in, in Second Life. Um, and all that stuff seems to be coming back, but, but a bit full force um, because the technology is kind of caught up to it. So I think, it's, I think it's actually pretty interesting. I think it's worth keeping an eye on because I think there's going to be new licensing opportunities 
in these right. ecosystems, in these in, in these metaverse ecosystems that that maybe that maybe becomes a new revenue stream that that's outside of the the current like contractual obligations that artists have with their with their labels. Which oh, that's interesting. Cool. It's interesting. Mm. I mean, I I can only really take a cynical take on it. Like, I just think that they're. I don't well, know. The I, money? I, I, where I, is that's the, the money? thing is like I don't understand what the play what the long play is because I mean Bandcamp at its source is just like it's a it's a pretty crappy web music player. You know, <laughs> they just happen to have a lot of bands that are a attached lot, to it. A, a lot, a lot of bands. So that's yeah. where the value is is having access to all these bands' music, but couldn't Epic build that themselves? I don't know. It it just seems very strange to me. I don't, and I don't get it. I think it. the I, hardest thing they're going to have to do is maintain Bandcamp uh, fan trust, or, or or kind of reassure that. But 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 I mean, if the play is to get that music into other places, I don't know. That, that would be pretty cool if they maintain all of the other kind of initiatives that Bandcamp's taken, um, and kind of keep that attribute, that like artist-focused attribute, kind of true, which seems like it fits in with Epic, Epic Games. So I don't know. It is concerning. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose hope on this one. I think. All right. Well, you know, one, one thing though is that we gotta watch for. Maybe one red flag is that in Fortnite, I mean, like Jay mentioned, the dances you can buy the dances, right? Mm-hmm. But they've been kind of throwing dances in there and not giving credits to its like so-called originators. Right. Right. Okay. They have a couple seconds like, maybe that, for that. You know, and maybe in this case there hasn't been enough. There haven't been enough cases to, you know, merit a law. So this, to, to, is, this to, to the, is this the Alfonso? Is that what we're talking about? I think Over so. Yeah. Multiple oh, dances? yeah, okay. that's right. That's right. Yeah. The Carlton dance, right? The Carlton, yeah, well, yeah Alfonso well, Ruiz, yeah. There, well, there was that one, but there was even year, I feel like two years ago or a year ago, I remember seeing a specific story. It wasn't about the Carlton. It wasn't about the floss. It was about... Is there dance move licensing? That's the thing. Right. It was rap- rapper 2 Millie. Okay. Okay, so in 2018, the rapper 2 Millie sued Fortnite over a dance move called Millie Rock. Okay. And uh, I think Fortnite, I think Epic won. Okay. Or he drops the lawsuit. So they might have settled, who knows, yeah. In any case, it's, it's new territory, yeah. right? Because, yeah, like... I the, mean, the dance yeah. moves, but not the music licensing, right? No, but, again, we're talking about a whole new, like, metaverse. Whole, you know what I mean? Like, maybe, yeah, maybe, they'll, maybe, they're, maybe they've, like... Is, maybe that, is that a catch? Yeah, maybe they're looking ahead and, and are thinking, like, well, yeah, but, like, maybe on planet Earth we can, <laughs> you know, see these people, or, but not or, in that metaverse. Or, or something <laughs> as simple legally is that we do not charge for this game, so there's, yes. no, there's no funds to distribute. There's right, no license right. fees to distribute, but uh, I mean, it's yeah. still. But then it still would be playing copyrighted material. But, so. Yeah, yeah. And they're ma- uh, they, they've made obscene profits from it. Yeah. Right. Right. So. Yep. Yep. So. I, it is interesting. It, I, inter- I, yeah. I, I whenever I saw the headline, I was just like, "What the hell is going on here?" I don't understand what the play is. So I'm I'm very intrigued and very interested to see how it plays but, out. But remember, I mean, like as Jay, like as you said, it's, this is a buy on. It's like a, you, you specifically buy the dance move. You buy move. the dance move, mm-hmm. yeah. So, in any case. And yes, Alfonso was another one. But, yeah. And there's also the Floss, which is, 
you, you know, the floss move. That was mm-hmm. like, uh, and yeah, anyway. Yeah, so, the kids were into it when they were, yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Like, all you can buy all those on Fortnite, and people do. And so, but, like, if someone's like, hey, that I invented that move. I'm a choreographer. You know, like, what are you supposed to do? It's New weird. territory. All right. New territory, yeah. Cool. That's what I brought to the table this week. Well, I think that'll then. have that'll have some. We'll, we'll come back to this for sure. Yeah, it'll be it'll be like yep. Very Keep interesting. Yep. Kind of like it's like a combination of video games, NFTs, streaming. Yeah. Copyright. All the mm-hmm. shit you're interested all, in. All the yeah. good stuff. All the good stuff. <laughs> Next corner. Yeah. Uh, Greg, what you got for us this week, my friend? Oh man, I have I have something very different oh than that but it's good balance right yeah um, we're going for a well-rounded pod this week yes yes go. yes but i but i absolutely i absolutely think you guys will be into this though let's start by playing some music which might be a which might seem like it's coming out of left field but it's important music and it's gonna hopefully launch this next section of the show okay so this okay. is just this is an excerpt from Stravinsky's The Rite of Spring. Beautiful. Ooh. Let's start a riot. Okay. Good stuff, right? Obviously. Yeah. Um, okay. So I haven't been particularly listening to this, you know, this week, but I did have an interesting conversation with our with a friend of the show, Wyan. Oh, Actually, Wyan. Earlier, okay. earlier today, we finally caught up. We've been meaning to catch up for a long time. You had and, a way in um, with Wyan. I had a way in with Wyan. Yeah. And uh, well, first it was a way in with Loman, and then it's turned to <laughs> way in with Loman. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah. Um, and look, we're always talking about, you know, what's going on in, in our lives and also what's going on in the biz, you know, the, the, as far as we understand it from our perspective, you know, mm-hmm. Wyan has been a production manager at Brooklyn Bowl. He's now um, a production manager at The Star, I believe, in Portland and cool. um, working with some different uh, agencies ranging from um, like artist uh, management He's got some other projects and working with some other venues. Um, yeah, but in we any case, he's got he's he, he's got his finger on the pulse when it comes to certain topics. I, f- I was filling him in with sort of the 
the year that the Red Knots have had. And um, just talking about how much more you're seeing like tribute bands on uh, club flyers, mm-hmm. you know, that that's been more normalized and that even original acts do a lot of tribute stuff now or like covers, you know, in mm-hmm. throughout in their acts. And it just it just kind of set off a little light bulb in me. It's just like th- there's there are moments in history, right, where we're just maybe like are we like out of new songs in a way <laughs> or just not interested in new songs or just not interested yeah. i don't know i don't know but the point is that i mean you know when we talk about a and r it was artists and repertoire at one point you know like mm-hmm. the repertoire was like the songs were written and being written by songwriters but the artists didn't mm-hmm. necessarily write write their own songs now everyone thinks they're an artist and that they can write their own songs and they, and i'm not saying that no like everyone has the right to do that but are, are, we, are, are, are the new songs sticking, is my point. And if they aren't, then why? Because I don't really think that they are, honestly. Hmm. Wow, I don't okay. really feel like there's too many like, songs that are going to be considered repertoire coming in right now. Wow. Okay? Now, I could be wrong about that. And I'm not, saying that, I'm not trying to claim that there isn't great new music coming out. Mm-hmm. But I think it's fewer and far between, and it's obviously it's. I, I might sound like a curmudgeon saying this, but I do <laughs> you sound feel. Like you're getting old. Well, okay, <laughs> but then why are all these tribute acts showing up on the on the flyers, you know? And why are like the bands that are original still like like even they've like kind of succumbed to playing a lot of covers, yeah, and uh, referencing older things. You know, even like the like a lot of the more popular rock bands now are still like doing retro things. Daptone yeah, records. Playing like it, yep. scheduling a yep. whole so night Sonic. where you're just, yep. just redoing an entire album. Yeah. You know, playing and an so, entire album for their show. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Elton and so, John night. Yeah. Listen, oh, I'm yeah. just exploring the topic. You know, I'm not saying, I'm not claiming to be right about this or even yeah. say, I'm not even claiming that that's the truth. I'm just wondering, is that is that a possibility? I'm just putting it out there. So I Googled it. Okay. As, as like, I was like, why, like, you know, something, something along the lines of like, do people, you know, are we listening to new music? Are we really listening to new music? In an age where new music is dumped on us in mm-hmm. buckets for yeah. free. Yeah. Sure. For free. Like, we, do, we yeah. can't even listen to all the free new music. No, sure. we can't. You know, we it's compl- it, has, it has zero value. In, in, I mean, it doesn't. It actually, of course, it has value, but it's presented to us as valueless. The volume exceeds the time available to us. And, yes. and, and, yes. and also the cost. There's, there's, no, there's no risk on us to like, to, you know, we, yeah. we don't have to choose. We just, whatever. Go to Bandcamp, yep. Yeah, Bandcamp, Spotify, you name it. And so I Googled it and sure enough, a Pitchfork article came up from 2020. <laughs> yeah. This is, like a, this is like a month after uh, the pandemic. It's funny that uh-huh. they, they don't even really mention the pandemic at all in this article. You know, it's like <laughs> it, it, they do a little bit at the beginning because they oh, talk about they? yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. kinda, I, there's I, a little I bit figured. of psychoanalysis in there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, but he can. Th- this guy. Okay. The article says, "Why do we even listen to new music?" And he compares it to lifting a couch. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, oh, this is kind of what I'm talking about. And so in this article, he describes basically that we're going to have to, like, in, in great times of stress, like, why spend on time, why spend time on something you might not like? 
and mm-hmm. then he and then mm-hmm. he he referenced the rite of spring which ah. so that's why i played the rite of spring okay because as nick mentioned like what happened when it was performed so i think i think the opening night the, okay so this is in paris and i think france was also a bit they'd been doing this i think the crowds have been doing this for some i think they had done it the week before for debussy um and but they basically started rioting as soon as the instrument started playing, um, like just chucking stuff at the stage. Um, I think the opening night, they didn't even like let the conductor like get his baton. Like they started throwing stuff at them before the music even started. But they were there was an ad, it was an adverse like horrific reaction to this when it first was played. Is that is that right? This this new yes. sound, yeah, exactly. And uh, you know this is a this is a piece that later on would be considered one of the, by far the most uh, influential in, in, influential pieces of music com- that came out of the 20th century. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, Le- Leonard Bernstein compared it as, uh, excuse me, he described it as like the best, dis- the best dissonances anyone ever thought up. The best mm-hmm. asymmetries and polytonalities and polyrhythms and whatever else you care to name. Mm-hmm. John, so, William, John Williams would agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. There you go. So I mean, that whole that whole thing just sounds like the Star Wars soundtrack. Right? I know, I know, it sounds so normal now, <laughs> right? But that was shocking. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So I'm not saying we don't need new music, but all I'm saying though is that do we ever reach a point where there are so many new songs that have again zero value in? I don't. Okay. In one the, sense. I think the only thing that's changed, though, is that that people that have been that would have written these songs anyway. I think this has always existed. There's always been small, unsuccessful bands in every town in the probably in the world. Uh, It's just now they can take and record it with their phone or or record it with the technology that's cheap enough. And if they're connected to the internet, they can upload it to a service for a couple hundred bucks and make it available to the world to listen to. So it's really just kind of like it's just there's just too much of it available. And, saturated. Yeah, yeah. It's just overly oversaturated. There's just too many options. There's too much music. There's too many videos coming out on YouTube to, right. to even track what the heck kids are doing. Yeah, it's it's and and uh, look and we and we know we know our tastes. We know music we already like. And so the, it, that article does beg an interesting question: Why risk your time? What what if right. you hate it? Right. Then you yeah. just wasted your time, right? Or did you? I mean, I think we've all met people like that, right? That yes. don't really listen to new music. And like, if you press them on it and be like, well, I don't, I know what I like. Like, why, yeah. Like, why that do makes I, you uncomfortable. Yeah. It makes, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, oh, I don't know. That sounds weird. I don't I like mean, it. it's not an argument that us three subscribe to. But I think, I think the point is there that, like, you know, in times of stress, I, if you're hunkering down, if you had a bad day, are you really going to reach for a brand new piece of music? Some new piece of music that, or yeah, you are you going to go to something that you know yeah. how I mean, it's going to yeah. emotionally, you know, affect you? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 there's no way in that in that moment I'm going to put on the new Wayne Krantz. No offense to Wayne Krantz. Right. Right. Yeah. Because absolutely. I have no idea because he's an eclectic artist and he could like it could be mm-hmm. whatever. You know, right. it'll be in his voice, mm-hmm. and I appreciate his voice, but it might not be what I want to hear in that moment. Yep. Yep. And I also know that I have this album of his that I love. So I'm, if I'm like, I want to hear some Wayne Krantz, but I don't know about that. I don't know about this new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I yeah. Really, and I think, 
I think it is a new phenomenon that we're in now that, like you said, I mean, it's just there's so much music out there, so much new music out there. It's and the value of it has been so diminished. Yeah, it's like it's like inflation, you know. After like World War One, yeah. you see like you know Germans like hauling around Deutschmarks and like wheelbarrows. That's what it yeah. feels like now, you know. Like new music doesn't have value, but I mean, it, that's always that's a new situation that we can access anything, and that it feels like there's just new music coming at us all the time, and that we can't keep up. But the idea of like the fact that going out and seeking new music is harder than relying on stuff that you know and love like that's always been the case yeah with okay. me mm-hmm. fair enough fair you enough. know and there's some people that are going to be inclined to want to seek out new music and try to stay hip and some people that that aren't inclined to do that and i think that's yeah. that's just natural but i think the point that there's just so much out there it can feel overwhelming now yeah is definitely the the, the case absolutely and, and, and I, yeah go ahead go ahead guys well i, I oh, just I was, I just thought yeah, it was just so interesting that you brought up the whole tribute band thing because I was just having this conversation yesterday. I mean, literally this exact same conversation mm. with with Nick, the the guy from the Black Crows tribute band we used to play in. Because oh, I Carol. was nice. Yeah, Nick Carroll. Yeah, not Nick Klein, sorry. Um, Hi. <laughs> he also used to he's, play in the Black Crows right tribute here, band. Right <laughs> I, I don't remember this conversation. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Tell me what I said. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was asking how you were doing, Greg. And I said, well, man, I mean, he's playing with this Red Hot Chili Peppers tribute band and they're just blowing up. I mean, there's, they're flying them all over the world. They're just like, they're, you know, they're multiple shows each week. And, uh, you know, it just feels like tribute bands are taking over the world. And this is coupled with the fact that I just recently purchased tickets to go see The Darkness at the Brooklyn Bowl in Philadelphia. Oh, of all places and while i was there i just happened to check out some of the other bands that were on you know the flyer and it's like 90 percent tribute bands yeah man we've we've been talking to brooklyn bowl philadelphia they don't give us the deal we want (laughs) (laughs) but yeah yeah but every night it's like you know bob marley tribute band it's like you know paul simon tribute band it's like uh, night to remember elvis you know Mm -hmm. and you know I, i i got nothing against it i love tribute bands but you're absolutely spot on. It's changed. The it's climate's definitely changed. changed. Yeah. I, and you're like, I, I th- go could ahead, it Nick. be fleeting? Though? Could it be fleeting though? Because everybody is also just coming out of their their two year bunkers and and yeah, going out and see, and well, like and the likelihood that I'll, I mean, the the the, the Brooklyn Bowl can can get a crowd out every night if if the artists they put up there just because people want to get the hell out of their house, um, right? You would think that, but. Then why not book the original acts? Because it's a lot cheaper. <laughs> They're a lot not more always. available. Not always. Well, what was Wyan's um, take on all this? Vast majority, though, right? I don't think so. Also, it's like if you—I mean, fine. Then they then they won't play. You know what I mean? Like then then the original acts, like they, they a lot of them haven't started touring yet. Again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I imagine I mean, their shows will get sold out too. I don't think I don't I don't know because because. It seems to me that like the the venues aren't taking the chance. You might be right, but they're not taking the chance. So they're booking the tribute over the original artists oh, that okay. could that could flop. You know, yeah. no venue has sell sellouts every night. Sure, sure. Well, you know what, what, I mean? what was yeah? Jay was Jay had asked what, what was Wyan's take on this? What what, what did he think? Oh uh, no, I mean he agrees too. You know because it just is like. Uh, it's an easier thing to you don't the, the venues 
don't have to put as much effort into promoting something that is already, you know, yeah. like you, people already know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, now, you know obviously the there's thing... bands with huge fan bases that are going to sell it out. You know, I'm not what, saying that it's an, impossible, but the other massive thing that's changed that and actually, if you think about it, is we used to get music from the radio yeah. and the radio would play new songs. Right. And, and when you're entirely in control of what you're listening to, the likelihood that you go ahead and venture out to find that new song that you might love is probably probably good significantly point. diminished. I um, think it's a really good point. Yeah. And I think the other thing is that it, it, I, I didn't love the because kind of what the article was really what I got out of it was there's just a lot. The majority of people of, of consumers don't love music enough to take the time to go outside their comfort zone was kind of like what, one of the takeaways that I got from this, which that may be the case. I also think we have statistics now that we didn't have back in the day that probably just shows that there is just a certain percentage of people that are more uh, experimental and kind of want to hear new sounds yeah. and those that just treat yeah. music like a comfort. Yeah. Right. And also, by the way, just just touching, going back to your point about the... Um the the original bands being more expensive like that's if they're that's if they need a guarantee but a lot of these bands want the door deal right like they want a certain percentage after the door so there's no yeah, like I, more I, expense it, than than you know like sure 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 yeah so, and I, I know and i know it's like heavily in your terrain so i did i you know tons more than i do about that i i mean i'm learning I just, as i go but it, but but at the same time i would imagine like, for a venue it's like th this band this tribute band over here which has like a, a specific terms versus trying to get i mean obviously in your case like are they you think that they would try to get the the chili peppers in in lieu of you guys no they could do that no no, no we're, not, we're like, talking about their I, i'm talking mold, about other not. original acts not the chili peppers mm. obviously the chili oh, peppers right. are more then yeah yeah I, i'm talking I about i'm talking about too, bands Greg. that like okay so like for instance there was a okay well then yeah then i was arguing a different point which was which was that they can't get the original artists because well, of no. course people want to come and see that hear the music that yeah, they yes, know yes 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 the, yeah the chili peppers aren't going to play a thousand person club right, right yeah right. I, I was i was gonna but but bright eyes does mm -hmm. you know they yeah. play this they're the, dude those bands are like there are certain bands that are playing the same circuit that we are, that are original bands. And I'm like, they're sure. probably getting the same deal or possibly worse. And their expenses are much higher. Those bands are dealing with a bus, you mm -hmm. know, they're like their lights, sound, merch, whatever, all those people. Mm -hmm. And we're just four dudes in a minivan. Yeah. It, right. You know, so, it, it, but now that I see what you, what you meant. Yes, of course. Yeah. We're like, okay. Okay. The only case where I would argue maybe that's not the case was Dubai, where I feel like maybe maybe they thought they could get their actual guys. <laughs> yeah, sure, because <laughs> sure. they had they had a little more of a. Budget. It was probably an availability issue at that point. I don't think so. The thing to me <laughs> is like I, I don't understand no, I don't, I don't, why. <laughs> In the end, to, it was it was clear. Yeah. To me, if I own a venue, like would yes. I rather take a chance on an original band five nights a week? Or get some freaking good tribute acts in that they're going to cost me the same amount of money, and I know I'm going to get different people in the door. Like, of course, I would take the tribute act. So yeah. my question, my question is, why has this never happened before? Why is this just an occurrence now? Because I don't. Because tributes weren't even really popping off. Like nobody was really. I mean, okay, it there was definitely cool. people playing. It wasn't, it wasn't cool. cool, dude. Ah. I, I didn't. I didn't, think, I didn't think, 
I didn't think it was cool five years ago. Or I mean, I mean, I thought it was all right. You know what I mean? Like, and and I I did I the black. Tell you, but you were playing in a tribute band five years ago. That's true. That's true. Okay, but and it was not cool. No, it was not cool. <laughs> No, no. What no, I meant, but no, no, no. But but hang on. There's a difference. We weren't like I wasn't touring with you guys. It no, was but like you it was like a, it was possibly, but it was like a, it was a homegrown project at that point, you know. And mm-hmm. the idea was like to just get together and play some Black Crow songs, you know. And we were gonna we'll take see. over the world. I don't know what your thoughts were. <laughs> I think I, I think, I think <laughs> you hit on something. I think you hit on something though that it, it's it has become. Normalized. It has become it's cool. It's become normalized, and it's still not I cool. There's a lot. It's still not. It's still not that cool. Okay, I understand. I admit, but there's money in it. Yes, people have there's realized money in it there's for, money in for, it. for for talented musicians that yes that that yeah like yourself, Greg. There's money. Well, in thank it. you. So, uh, and the venues are like yes. I mean, maybe, maybe there's a venue that's like we'll give one night to original music night or whatever. Like, but if we put the Red Knot Chili Peppers. And people are like, hell yeah, I'd love to see, I'd love to see a Red Hot, yeah, yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers tribute band because I know their repertoire and I love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's and and I want to get the hell out of the house. So yes. give me a reason to get out of the house. And I don't know who that band is on the original Music Night. I've never heard of them. Yeah. But I freaking know the Red Hot Chili Peppers and I love them. Right. Um, it's so true. It seems, it, yeah. It, 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 it seems it seems to work. And you know, and if you, I, I always try to think of it as this. And I might have brought this up on the show before, but my attitude with it became. Mm-hmm. Because I'm so terrible, I, I I would hate for someone to be like, oh, what you really think you're John Fruciante, huh? You know, like mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I, I I would never. I'm I'm not <laughs> claiming to. You know, some people are kind of like that. Some people yeah, in this yeah. in that trip people are like, no, yep. no, we're, we're we're Depeche Mode. Yeah, <laughs> it's like okay, yeah. uh, uh, cool. So, so my, but my point though is that I look at it as each night is a Red Hot Chili Peppers themed party and we're the mm-hmm. house band yeah there you go you know and that's it it's like yeah. we're not we're i'm not out here trying to like be someone else i'm playing nope. the tunes i'm trying to do it in the style i might as well dress up like the dude like because you, we you all leave dress your up, socks on your feet only yep exactly <laughs> socks on my feet and yep. uh and you know no, and, and, but it, that's that's the way all these successful tributes do it you know i think that's absolutely it's right fun. i think when we it's were growing fun. up like the idea of a of a tribute band was somebody who was really into it like like an elvis impersonator yes that level you know and well, it was cheesy like, 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 you know and like you know and i think at some point that just that just rotated mm-hmm. i'm not sure how or why but yeah because and, a, and that's what that's what this is all about is it because people are just like I, no more i can't i can't handle anything new just give me the classics i just want to play i just want to be able to sing along yeah. Okay. I don't really or care about it, this art. Maybe you know it could I mean? be do, something with how expensive going to see your favorite bands have have become. That's also mm-hmm. that's also part of it for sure, man. I mean, like, yeah. and the fact that they're only playing the A markets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like yeah. we clean and, up. Yeah, and, and the we, traffic and all that. <laughs> it's yeah. a, it's a yeah. commitment going to one of those big shows. Yeah, dude. Red Hot Chili Peppers ain't playing in Boise. No. Right. right. Yeah, the Not Chili Peppers are, and we pack the joint, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. that's, and it's like, well, f- and they can't get mad at us. What are they going to do? Like, we're, we're a huge ad for them, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and it is what it is. It's, it's going to, it's going to keep evolving, but um, there's, there's certainly a ceiling for the tribute thing. Like, we will never, ever, you know, catch up to the Red Hot Chili Peppers 
right. on the, even on, on the financial front. And certainly like there's no, there's no artistic merit in it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? There's very little. Um, uh, yeah. Well, there's a little flex in the sense that of being like, Hey, look, we can do this. We, we can pull this off mm-hmm. with our hand, with our not musical knowledge and abilities. We can play mm-hmm. the songs, mm-hmm. you know, but it's, it's all, it's also strange being in a tribute band where the artist is still active. Mm. You yeah. know, the, yeah. so so like a Prince tribute, it's like, well, look, what else are we gonna have? What, what, right. what, you know, what, there's no there's no alternative. It's, it's um, yeah, yeah, it is the best alternative. Yeah, right. You know, and it's it's a tribute. It's like, oh, well, we're keeping the spirit, his spirit alive. So if you're if you're a Prince fan, how can you be mad at that? Yeah. Right. Unless yeah, they unless suck. they do. Yeah, exactly. Unless they <laughs> suck, which, <laughs> which they might. And listen, there's always there's gonna be haters, and, but in every way, there's always haters and. You know, being an original band is is yeah. You sure you can put your stuff up on Spotify for a couple hundred bucks. You know, like Nick, as you said. But if you really want to get out there and be on the road, I mean, it's you know, that's gonna cost you, man. You gotta get. You gotta, you gotta build the trailer. audience. You gotta build the audience to come to the show because that's why the venue's gonna book you. Is if you can prove you can bring the audience. Yeah. So you gotta and it go comes through, out of money. Yeah. You gotta go through that whole grassroots thing, which takes obviously years and investor whatever you know. However, you're going to do it. I mean, or you get picked up by a major label, and then we're back at the old ways, yeah. and yep, you know, artists yep. get screwed that way. So it's like, it's just weird because it, it's like in this climate, other than the fact of, other than the self satisfaction you get from creating your own music, which believe me, I've done, y'all, we've all done, mm-hmm. and we know the merits of that and the feelings of that mm-hmm. but like how can you sustain doing that you know what i mean in 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 this climate i mean that's that's what we talk about every week man that's i mean that, that's why that's why like wolfpack is such an inspiration because the yes. guy is so brilliant at self-marketing and and this has always been the case with music it's hard it's hard to make yeah. a living doing this because it's hard to get people to pay to listen to you play mm-hmm. right i mean and that's that's the that's wolfpack, the, that's the not struggle. just pay money but pay attention to get yeah. right. people's eyes and ears in front of you for any amount yeah. of time is extremely yeah. difficult. Yeah. So it, it, it's it's it, we'll see, but like I I bet there's gonna be Wolfpack tributes. <laughs> Wolfpack that, that tributes. Come, I mean, yeah, that'd be, that'd be something else. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, Oddly I enough, Corey Wong's in it. It's yeah, weird. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he would be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big old, big old smile. Yeah, as happy as can be. <laughs> awesome. Oh, man. Well, man, that, what a great topic, man. I could talk about this for the rest of the night because it's, it's like fascinating to me. Yeah, cool. I, 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 It's oh, hard glad, to say whether or not it it's like yeah. an inflection point or whether it's the new normal or, or what's going yeah, on. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, I got it, faith that people, especially young people, want to hear new music. You know, you, you don't hear too many young kids being like, yeah, I really want to hear music from 20 years ago. That's I true too. I think you you're know? absolutely right. The young so. ones who haven't yet had that impression, yeah, who haven't been have been had that impression created but yet. They, but, but they but I will say that they're not picking winners in some cases. That's old know? man talking right there though. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, we but we, like, don't, yeah, we don't set the next trends. <laughs> I bet you had a yeah. green jelly seat cassette back in the day, didn't you? I did. Greg? I did not. No, I had Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Metallica. <laughs> those are my three. All right, and well, I you know, know, two of those bands are still touring <laughs> and have many, many tributes. <laughs> Actually, all, th- all three of them have. I bet green tributes. jelly has a tribute too. 
That's true. I think they're actually still active, you know. Oh, jeez. I, I think it's a phase that we're all in because everything's so messed up and everybody just wants to feel comfortable. Right. I think yeah. we'll get out of it. I do. All right. Well, either way, we're going to keep talking about both new and old music each week on the That's podcast. Right. You're right. stuck with us either way, it turns out. Yep. Yeah. We're <laughs> stuck with our old man talk. You know, what are we going to do? We're tied to it with a three-foot rope. Three-foot <laughs> microphone cable. All right. <laughs> Gentlemen, it's been a great time. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, Greg, before we get out Yo. of here, why don't you tell the fine folks how to get in touch with us, please? You can find us online at youshouldcheckitout.com. Send us an email at ysciopodcast at gmail.com. Find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram. Our Twitter handle is at shouldcheck. It is. Listen mm-hmm. to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever wherever podcasts are heard. And uh, leave us a review. And as always, tell a friend you should check it out. Yes, indeed. And if you're still listening to this, come see me dressed head to toe in sequins. <laughs> Cosplaying as Elton John next Saturday at the American Legion Silver Spring. We're doing our... This Saturday. This Saturday. It, exactly right. March 12th. March 12th. We're going to be doing an Elton John tribute, which is just what all the kids want to hear, right? It's going to be perfect. Yeah, right? <laughs> so the American is Legion, where is it, Jay? It's in Silver Spring, Maryland. Sligo Avenue. Don't you know? Oh, man. My, I think my mom works right there. Yeah? Tell her to come mm-hmm. on down. Yeah, she's going to come out. It's going to be a hell of a well, show. It's a, it's a Saturday. She won't make it. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, boys, thank you so much for your time. Guys, thanks for listening in. We'll catch you next week. How about it? Beautiful. Peace. Yeah. Peace. See you.